My next guest on the program, uh, familiar to a lot of listeners, I've uh, used Steve a lot over the years. Uh, he's passionate about club rugby. He's just passionate about his rugby. But amongst all of that, he just loves Northland. Yesterday, MPC, week three of nine, Northland hosting unbeaten Tasman. Everybody's going, well, Tasman will win that one comfortably. Let's move on. Not the case. Northland beating unbeaten Tasman, 32 points to five. Wow. Stephen Harris, good afternoon. Welcome. Yeah, good afternoon, Waro. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it was, certainly was a performance that, can I say this? It was fit for purpose, wasn't it? Um, just absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Nobody saw this coming, to be honest, and uh, probably one of the most complete 80-minute performances I've seen from the Taniwha in a very, very long time. And it's still a, a very proud union. It's one union that I think more so than a lot of others still puts a great emphasis on the MPC. What does it mean for Northland? Oh, listen, to get a win against a team like um, like Tasman, let's, let's face Tasman are a very, very, very good team. Only a week ago, they put a very good Auckland team to the sword. So this particular union, union it's fantastic. For the team itself... I think it'll give them a lot of confidence. It was a rocky start to the season. Um, of course, they lost their, their coach, Marty Veal, who had to return to the uh, USA for fam- family reasons. And, of course, uh, John Leslie, new coach, only came in two weeks before the season started. So they were pretty much behind the eight ball. But for this particular union, I, I think the players themselves, it'll just give them confidence because I think they were in a little bit of a hole after those first three rounds, probably should have got the victory against Southland this time uh, last week. And, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. Yeah, it's a team that's got full of experience, but also some youthful exuberance. I thought Rush, blindside, uh, what a big future he's got. Son of Eric Rush, of course. Ray Hanner at first five controlled things nicely. Who were some of the other standouts? Oh, listen, for me, second week in a row, Hedemeyer Murray on the wing. seems, listen, this is a guy who who obviously is from north and originally from the Kaitaia Pangaru area and in the, in the far north. Far north. So as we know with this NPC, Watto, there are gems all over the place. They just need polishing. Came down here, went to Auckland Grammar School. Sorry, I had to mention that, mate. Um, but also was a very good club centre for Grammar Tech down here in Auckland. Now, I think he's actually playing out of position, but boy, he's quality, and he's only just come back from an injury as well. Got called into the Highlanders earlier in the year. And, and broke his collarbone only two weeks in during a training session, unfortunately. And listen, he's starting to string some very good, consistent performances. Also, Lemmy, uh, Remy Lemaseo, the tight head prop, who actually wasn't actually in the squad at the start of the season, but because of a whole barrage of injuries, he's come in from the development program. And boy, talk about taking your opportunities. Hmm. You mentioned Auckland Grammar, but I tell you what, it's got a strong connection to Manawa Grammar, the likes of Cobb, Matic, Jack Goodyear sitting on the bench oh. for Northland. Jack Goodyear, I sort of sense, I sort of sense he's sort of still on the radar of the All Blacks for this World Cup and might just be an injury away from still getting called up. Oh, very, very much so. I feel very sorry for Jack because I think injuries have actually curtailed this midfield back. He's a very, very smart operator. And you know, as much as we all jump up and down about super rugby and seeing these outstanding tries, Jack's one of these players who does the right things at the right time. And if you look back to, through the history of 
fullback rugby, we've always had midfield backs, whether it be a Conrad Smith, or maybe even a good analogy is like a Warwick Taylor type player, guys who do the right thing. And, you know, usually they have somebody with a little bit of X factor around them. But I just think he, he probably should be a, a, a guy that really should have gone on and had a, a lot long all-black career. But obviously injuries are something that, that uh, you can't do much about. What will Tasman be working on? Well, I, I don't think they saw that coming. Mind you, a lot of us probably never saw that coming, Watto. Uh, I, I do wonder if they maybe had one eye on a, on a shield challenge. We know they're a quality side, and I think they will bounce back. Of course, uh, the Lions getting the job done yesterday, but, boy, their scrum was under, a pump, under the pump at times in that particular game. I, I think for them... They need to get their game breakers into yesterday's game. And I think, as you know, when you play with, with a rugby, once you actually fall behind, I think the confidence pretty much much blew out of that um, out of that Tasman side. But they're more than capable. They, they can bounce back. I think, think they've got to get their front football game going yesterday. I think they were probably owned at, owned at breakdown. And crazily enough, you never saw... Any of um, Amua, who we know is an outstanding football, or Tava Tava Nawai, those guys just never got going. I think they've got to play with a little bit more depth, and uh, I think their forwards just need to man up a little bit more. Mm. OK, now look, I'll just run through the other results for our listeners out there. Auckland getting up over North Harbour, 43-23. Canterbury doing a demolition over Manawa 2, 68 points to 26. Wellington beating Southland, 39-17. In the game, we're just talking about Northland beating Tasman, 32 points to 5. Today, we've got Waikato taking on Taranaki. Hawks Bay take on Otago. Uh, look, Steve, just while we've got you there, I know how passionate you are. You love your club rugby. You're the guy on the ground that does all the work. Um, still absolutely tribal when it comes to Northland. You're one of the few. We've had these comments come out from the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, Mark Robinson, talking about the NPC, talking about the models not working, and somehow sort of shifting blame elsewhere. I mean, I find the comments appalling. I think New Zealand rugby's become too corporatised. I don't think they have really any understanding of the game at a grassroots level. It's all about the money. It's all about the All Blacks. I mean, how important, how vital is the NPC to rugby in this country? I mean, in terms of providing aspiration, commercial acumen for the unions and all of those other intangibles. Why is it I can see it, and I know, Steve, you can see it. Why is it New Zealand rugby can't see it? How frustrating is it? Absolutely frustrating. You know, the thing about it, they've got a whole lot of bees on the ground, working bees, doing all the hard work for them, basically bringing a gym through by the time it gets to... What's really frustrating, it's almost like NPCs become sort of some sort of high-performance competition for them where all the hard work is done by the the voluntary brigade or the semi-professional grade by the time they get to super level, they get polished. And I I think the likes of Mark Robinson has actually forgotten where he came from. He started with Taranaki, caught a break by playing very good NPC rugby, ended up playing for the Crusaders, then ends up catching catching a break by getting in the All Blacks. It's called a pathway. And if you block those pathways... You've got absolutely nothing. If you think by some reason that you'll bring your next All Blacks straight out of secondary school rugby or through, a, through academies, you have got another thing coming. It's just 
so off the mark it's not funny. They haven't found a solution. And I can tell you there's probably some unions that are going to have to get their finances in order. It's fair to say that a lot of unions out there are basically bucking the salary cap a little bit and going over. I think they've just got to be a little bit smarter and, and promote inwardly, you know? Yeah, look, I agree uh, wholeheartedly, but it's amazing, isn't it? All the players seem to be making money. Players' Association seems to be making all the executives are on big money, yet most of the unions around the country are struggling. Look, I am just running out of time. Just a quick thought, though. I've been watching North Harbour playing back at Oniwa Domain. That seems to be the model going forward. Get out of the big stadium, save some money. I think Auckland potentially could end up playing a game at the Pakaranga Rugby Club. Um, clearly the cr- crowds are not turning up so why play in the big stadiums why, why pay an exorbitant cost to be there what a, I think we've been you and I have been saying this for about 10 years you know we saw the writing on the wall a long time ago I think it's a fantastic idea get your community involved because your community love to be involved in, in these games that are, that are played at these particular venues I, I went across and watched the Kaori play the Hibiscus um, a few weeks ago, and boy, you just kind of reminisce walking in there thinking, man, this is not a bad sort of ground to actually watch the rugby. You can walk around to any vantage point and watch it. It's fantastic. It had a really good feel. You were able to walk out on the field and catch up with the players. I don't know what I, you know, I haven't got, a, I certainly haven't got a marketing degree, but at the end of the day, this is all common sense, really. Stephen Harris, as always, thank you for joining us on the programme. Some great thoughts, some great input.